and welcome to Noah's Window. During the month of December, Mark and I have been talking about the Christmas story and different characters in it, different components of the story, and we're going to continue that today. Today we're going to look in the book of Luke, chapter 1, and we're going to read a little bit of a story about a couple that might remind you a little bit of Abraham and Sarah, but this couple's name is Zechariah and Elizabeth. So let's look in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 5. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. So here we have a couple. They have been unable to conceive, and they're both very old, uh, much like Abraham and Sarah. But uh, they have been praying, apparently, according to the reference. They've been praying for a child. And when Zechariah goes into the temple to burn incense, he's greeted by an angel. We find out later in the chapter that it's angel Gabriel. And Gabriel announces to him that he's going to have a son. He and Elizabeth are going to have a son. Um, he's quite shaken by it, as the scripture tells us. In fact, so much so, and we'll go on to see, um, he, he has a hard time believing this. Have you ever had a prayer and, and God begins answering the prayer and you just have a hard time believing it? Um, I think we've all been there some, at some point. Um, but a couple of things to remember from this one is that God does hear our prayer. He promises that he hears our prayers. Uh, whatever his answer is going to be, he hears our prayer. Sometimes his answer might not be the answer we're looking for, but he does always hear our prayer and answer our prayer. And in this case, the answer to the prayer was much later, of course, than they had hoped. I'm sure they, in their young years, when they were unable to conceive, never imagined that they would be in their old age before they would conceive. But yet, nevertheless, that was God's plan. And so God is fulfilling his plan in their life. So that's our theme today. It's, it's never too late for God to fulfill his plan in your life. And we never want to give up on God's plan, do we? So maybe you haven't stopped to think about the fact that God has a plan for your life. Now, I did notice that Zechariah and Elizabeth were godly. The Bible tells us they were righteous and they were trying to be careful to obey all of God's commands. So I do think that the scripture teaches us that that does have bearing on uh, our prayers being answered if we're living a godly life. Uh, But in any event, we do know this. God has a plan for each one of us for our lives. And so we don't ever want to give up on that. Paul in the book of Philippians has a verse. He's talking to a a church here, a group of people, but it applies even to an individual. So we're going to read this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul says, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, God has begun a work in your life and heart, I know, because you're listening or watching Noah's window. You wouldn't be listening or watching if you didn't have God working in your heart today. And so whatever work he has begun in you, he's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. He's going to bring you across that finish line. So this isn't talking about 
um, your salvation, it's talking about the the um, destiny that God has for you in this life on this side of heaven. He's going to fulfill that. Okay, so God has a plan. Nothing's going to keep that plan from being fulfilled if we're seeking him and following him. He's going to do that. But, you know, God has a plan even for the world. And now the world we're living in in 2020 seems a little bit jumbled up and uncertain and difficult and maybe even um, frightening in some ways. But this is my comfort. I know that God still has a plan. You know, remember back in Genesis 3.15, and Mark talked about this early on this month, there is a, a prophecy in Genesis 3.15 where um, actually the conversation in Genesis 3.15 is between God and Satan. And we're given some uh, details. It's the first messianic prophecy when we get God's plan. And in that conversation, God is speaking to Satan, and he references a few things there. But the, the thing I want to zero in on is when he talks about enmity. There's going to be this battle, this tension, this fighting. And that's what we see all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and even today. What we see is this battle between God fulfilling his plan and Satan trying his very best to uh, keep it from being fulfilled, which, of course, he will not. Um, so in um, Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to look at, start, starting in verse 9, and look at this passage. Um, again, this is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. He says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fill his own, fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. You want to know what the plan is? At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Yes, God has a plan. And this one references his plan for us individually and also his plan for the whole world. Let's just see one more, this talking about God's plan in this one, makes me want to have a big shot and party. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 11. And this is right in the middle of a lot of things going on, but this one is noteworthy. And I think Mark referenced this earlier too when he was talking about uh, Handel's Messiah. But let's read Revelation eleven fifteen, where it says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven. Can't wait to hear that. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And there's nothing Satan's going to do to stop that. Let me just assure you, based on the word of God and the God I know, nothing's going to stop that. I just get so excited when I think about that day when God brings everything under Jesus' authority and he's going to rule and reign forever. He won't get thrown out in an election there won't be any monkey business that's going to get him off the throne. No, he's going to be ruling and reigning forever. Doesn't that make you excited? It makes me excited. The lot of the world, um, the, the, the uh, God that is defined by love and justice and power and all these things, all these things, he's going to be ruling. There will be no dishonesty in him. You won't cringe when you hear anything he says. He's going to reign forever and ever, and that's his plan. So don't give up on God's plan. He has a plan for your life. No matter where this intersects you, at what stage of life you're at, no matter how many wrong turns you've made, there's still a, a, a God that has a plan for you beginning today, beginning today. If you'll just turn to him and surrender to him and follow him, 
then his plan will be fulfilled in your life. So he won't coerce you. But if he started a work in you and you're following him, he's going to bring you across that finish line to fulfill what he's planned for you. So if you want to be part of that plan, I would just encourage you to be in prayer about that even today and look to him because he'll open those doors. He's going to use you if that's the desire of your heart. So let's have a word of prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for this glorious hope that we have to look forward to, that their day will come when Jesus is going to be on the throne and we won't have any of the troubles that we have today. We can look forward to that. But as we're living out today and seeking to do your will, we want your plan to be fulfilled in us, in our hearts, in our life, in our choices, in the effect we have, the influence we have on those around us. And I pray, Lord, that even today, everyone who's watching Noah's window would feel your presence, would would feel your guidance, would see the next step in their life, would have that reassurance in their heart that no matter how hopeless their situation might seem, you're still at work. You are still at work in their life. It's never too late for them to find your will for their life and to surrender their will to your will because you have a plan. I pray that if there's anybody listening to Noah's window or watching Noah's window today who's not yet ask you to become their personal Savior, who's not yet in a personal relationship with you, that today would be that day, that they would reach out in faith, recognizing that they're a sinner, just as I'm a sinner and as everyone is a sinner, Father, that if we come to you honest about who we are and how broken we are and how sinful we are, that you have a remedy because Jesus died to pay for those sins. And I pray that this would be the day that someone out there would come to you and say, yes, Lord, I believe that Jesus died so that I could be forgiven, so that I can be in heaven eternally someday. I don't understand this wonderful gift, but I accept it. And I believe that Jesus has saved me and brought me into his family. I pray that you would give the courage and the faith to those who need to step out today to receive you as a personal Savior. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. Guide us and carry us through this difficult time. Um, I just pray that you give us your presence as we know you are there. Help us to sense it. We're going to thank you for that and all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed with me today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, at New Spring, we would love to partner with you on your new faith journey. We would love to send you a Bible and a book that answers some questions about your faith journey. If you would text PRAYED, to 97,000, we will get back with you and send you that Bible and that book and a few other things that we believe will be a blessing to you. We would just love the opportunity to do that. So I hope you'll reach out. If you just want to share some feedback, and thank you to all of those of you who have done that. Oh my goodness, I have just gotten so much encouragement from your notes. Um, I'm so glad to know. Some of you I know, some of you I've never met, but thank you for reaching out. If you would just like to give us feedback or send us a prayer request, you can text TALK TO US to 97000 and that will come to us. And we'll pass your prayer request onto our prayer team and make sure your notes of encouragement get forwarded. So thank you so much for listening or watching today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless.